we open on the med bay of the CSS Cavalier. With so many different life forms aboard, there are so many fascinating medical disciplines on this starship, and countless fascinating physicians who treat these myriad patients. Why, over there in the break room, there's Dr. Surgery in Redfield having a weird argument. And yet, our eyes are once again drawn into the office of the ship's ear, nose, and throat specialist, Dr. Thomas Dewey. We see as the good doctor examines Backyard Pyle, recently promoted to security chief, after the tragic passing of his superior officer. Whoa, Doc, have you, have you thought about heating those forceps up before you dig them in there? I'm so sorry. I like to keep them in the freezer so they don't go bad. Oh, that makes sense. I do the same thing with my boots, helps control. Oh, ah, ah, it's deep, Doc, that's deep. Well, it's not. I don't. I don't ask questions, but I feel in this case. How did you get this thing so far in there? And Doctor Dewey pulls out a, um, let's say, a skateboard-sized hunk of metal. <laughs> I've heard of shrapnel, but big shrapnel? I'm so sorry. You know, I do pride myself on my bedside manner. I love to make him laugh, much in the same way that Robin Williams did when he was a doctor and a clown. And I say something stupid. Like, I love you. Uh, actually, Doc, it's working. And that does make me feel a little bit better. Well, I didn't realize I was carrying that much metal around. Well, Backyard, I'll tell you, I'm going to have to make up some pretty funny business on your insurance papers, seeing as I'm the ear, nose, and throat doctor, and I'm pulling gigantic hunks of metal out of your back. Your back! Well, that's not metal. It's actually a kind of plaster seal they use in space prisons. Uh-huh, so it's been in here for a while, say? I was part of an Omega Force team sent in to quell a riot on Incarcerix 10. One of the prisoners left that hunk of plastiseal in me. We call it a Freeman Shiv. Were you asleep when he put it inside of you? It's abnormal, so it doesn't seem to be as good. You know, a Shiv is like, shaka, 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 shaka. Yeah, I was asleep. The team I was on. Operating at the absolute top level of secret vanguard security. They put you to sleep and have your autonomic nervous system driven by an algorithm. So you don't feel guilty later. But of course, there's no algorithm that can take a Freeman Shiv out of your backside. <laughs> well, thank you. As I used to say when I was a tattoo artist, thank you for your trust. You were a tattoo artist? Yes, very brief-free, only ten years. Wait, what are you doing with that old shiv there? Oh, well, I, <laughs> I confessed. Listen, you've come in here before. We are friends and co-workers. I'll let you in our secret. And uh, Dr. Dewey touches what I can only say is an invisible panel. And a wall goes up, revealing a trophy case Look of out. bizarre... It's okay. I did it on purpose. Wow. With my body. Oh, that's a panel that I can't see. Yes, there's no need for your shell shock here. <laughs> Backyard. Oh, good, then I'll just stop it. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, you're the first person who's agreed to. 
Yeah, a lot of guys are afraid to turn off their post-traumatic stress disorder. <laughs> Is that what they call it these days? I'm not up with the language. What's in these jars, Doc? We have a hidden trophy case, is all I can call it, of jars with strange ephemera. There's body parts. There's other hunks of weird, twisted metal. It just looks like the world's worst pickle store. <laughs> Sign me up. <laughs> all right. So, and then uh, Doctor Doctor Dewey takes the uh, the giant hunk of metal and puts it in a, a skateboard sized jar <laughs> and then uh, and then starts to pour vinegar in, in the jar. You see, I have to tell you I have a bit of a trophy case. I see so many fascinating uh, injuries and illnesses and um, <laughs> even deaths of strange species and he points to a trio of jars with like little alien heads in them and when he does they all like snap to attention and go hello 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 look out barbershop quartet. I told you don't worry about your shell shock in here it's all fine there's no walls it's just more weird. like shelf shock <gasps> huh I had an invasive thought and it just said <laughs> <laughs> yeah look out for those said more like shelf shock, and I have to agree. Uh, anyway, I don't, I don't want to just dispose of the strange things that I take out of the bodies, even though they are harming them. Let's look on them. Let's reflect. Let's build a lifetime of memories. And he just, he just looks at it. Dewey, you spent many an hour looking over your prize trophy collection. You know it like the back of your throat. It's the, it's the throat you practice on in school. <laughs> he's in your he's in your nose and throat, doctor. Damn right. And like you're laser focused, you immediately zero in on what's this? An empty space on one of the shelves that shouldn't be there. Before you have time to process this, though, the doors to your office burst open. Look out! Ah! Crank up that shelf shock. We're in trouble. Backyard d dives across a beige leather uh, table chair and does a duck and roll and comes up with his vaser rifle charging and aimed at the door. Wounder doesn't have an appointment, but backyard pile, I need your help. One of my tentacles, it's missing. <laughs> Space. What endless mystery. Look at it. Wow. Who do dare uncover its secrets? The brave crew of the starship Cavalier do dare to scout the heavens, to see some moons, to take a dangerous galaxy trip. This is the true story of them that voyage among, oh, these, those stars of space. Tonight's episode is Collector's Edition, starring... Taylor Moore as Backyard Pile, Tim Platt as Groomda, Christopher Hastings as Dr. Dewey, 
and Joe Lepore as everything and everyone else. We fade now to an altogether different office. This space once belonged to the Android Threadcount 900, but with Backyard Pile now in charge, it feels like a completely different space. Backyard, Grumda, and Dewey are seated. The space is completely bare. There's nothing on the walls, and Backyard Pile has painted the walls to look like cinder blocks. There's two rows of two beds. Each bed is made to hospital corners, and at the bottom of each bed, there is a like a black uh, footlocker covered in, like, space stuff. Great. They're sitting on the footlockers. Backyard's dog tags hang like a sour fruit from his neck. Jingle jangle. All right, so take it from the top. Where'd you last see your tentacle friend? Oh, I finished my shift at 1,800 hours last night, after which I went to the Pleasure Dome to have a drink, get sucked off, and talk to Marvin Blonde about setting up an open mic night. But I ended up chatting with a visiting trader named, what was it? Coleman. Coleman Lecter? I called it a day at 2100 hours and spent the night in my womb, singing myself nightmares. No, wait, take me back. The open mic night. Is that, you know, first come, first serve, or do they do the bucket thing? I'm thinking that for the first five... Acts are first come, first serve. The West is bucket. It is nice to prioritize people who get there early. Makes sense. Marvin Blonde doesn't drop the ball. Now go on. What else happened that night? During everyone else's sleeping time, I was singing myself nightmares. There was one moment when I felt I felt the door open. Maybe some of my tentacles were trying to go into ice form on the cat? Anyway, I woke up in the morning to find that one of my favorite tentacles was gone. And you don't have some sort of body psychic connection to your tentacle that you can track it? For example, I have a favorite ear. And uh, Dr. Dewey uh, reveals that he has an ear that has like, and he tugs it off of his skull, revealing like a, a cybernetic magnetic connection. And he says, I love it so much. I'll just hook it up to devices like the television or the radio. But I get so afraid I'll lose it. I have tracking enabled and I, uh, I can find it wherever I want. And, and then he, like, pulls off the ear, and he throws it against the wall, and it sticks. See? It's on that wall now! The camera stays on the ear, only to see a tentacle flop on top of it, and then scurry down back into Gloomda. Yeah, I've got something like that, too. My tentacles can sometimes be a little independent from my main school and go off on their own way. In the room, they're completely under my control, but if they go around the deck or farther off the ship, it's a little bit harder for me to figure out where they are. And if they ever get off the ship, well, I can only gain contact with them through tremendous effort, and none of my efforts are working. Well, maybe you just misplaced it, and it'll find its way back to you eventually. I'm the new head of security, Groomda. You can't call me in for a personal favor every time you lose part of your body. Oh, maybe you're right. I guess I'm sorry I wasted your time. I'll just wait for one of my favorite tentacles to come back to me, which 
mightn't be never. I guess I'll just have to be a man who sacrificed everything for the ship. I guess I'll go on adventures in this sorry state. A state of incompleteness. A state of longing. A state of mourning. A state of oh, incomplete wonder. Groom to make a feelings roll. Failure. Backyard, you're unmoved. Yeah, them's the brakes, kids. That's the way it goes. By my last estimate, I lost about 30 40% of body mass in different operations, all at top tier, you know, level, of course. That's the price you pay. And Backyard Pile holds up his left arm, which is missing three inches of its forearm. There is no visible way that his hand is connected to his arm. <laughs> That's what we have to live with here. All right, I'll stop wasting your time. Grunda turns to walk away, but as he does, a tentacle drops off his arm. He lurks back and Swords tries to call it back to him. It's not moving. He picks it up and puts it on his shoulder, trying to integrate it back into his school of tentacles, but it just falls off again. He starts smacking it on the table until it picks up life, and it goes in again. I'm sorry. Something's wrong. Uh, Doc, I think this one's yours. Yes, this is fascinating. And uh, Dr. Dewey, like, clicks on a pair of like spectacles over his nose and he uh he goes into Groomda even closer he says I now Groomda I have been sensitive enough not to ask you your race but I have seen <laughs> other species uh, have their bits of body uh, reject themselves from the whole in a similar fashion most notably, a human such as myself. Eventually, one day, all of my cells. You see, I am made up of many tiny organisms, and eventually they're going to decide to board with me, and they're going to retreat, and I will cease to function. Perhaps that's what's happening to you now. Are you prepared for death? Of course not. I'm not prepared for death. And by the way, no one ever gets bored of Gwumda. That's No one's ever going to be bored of my whole thing. No tentacle, not friends, not peers, not co-workers, not audience. I'm going to be entertaining till I die, which will be never. I'm never going to die. Thank you. You've passed the doctor-patient test. <laughs> I have to ask this of every patient, and if they say, yes, I'm ready to die, I don't bother treating them. Gwumda's on the other wall! That's right. Now, here's my secret suspicion. Isn't it so interesting that we've had two people come into my office at the same time, you and me, talking about things that we love so much missing very suddenly, very strangely? You have something missing too? Yes, one of my favorite trophies. Dr. Dewey, my crime has been corroborated by another crime. Well, if we've got a corroboration, <laughs> then I'll call it Case Open. <laughs> dun, 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 Somebody dun. called Lieutenant Dick Wolf. <laughs> <laughs> I called him last night at the Pleasure Dome. <laughs> He's doing quink fine. Dr. Dewey. Back out pile. Boom, dog. <laughs> Quick to your collection of medical oddities. We cut back to Dr. Dewey's office. And you're saying the jar was here? Oh, no, I just have to open up the case again. And Dr. Oh. Dewey pushes the invisible panel on the wall. Look and the case open. <laughs> I told you, I will not have shell shock in this room. I was warning our friend Grunda. Grunda, look at all this shit. Wow. Damn. 
This is kind of cool as hell. These are called medical oddities, as you say. <laughs> to me, they're just called a uh, beautiful instrument. <laughs> Oh, sure, we've got all sorts of bits and bobs here. Look how many times Liberty Balboa has, uh, has molted. I've got every single one in a big old jar here, and sometimes they'll talk. <laughs> oh, my God, is that King Henry the Ace tumor? Yes, it is. I cut it right out, no problem. D did you put the little crown on it? No, it came that way. Huh. And whose anal glands are these? Which one? I've got so many. I guess I assumed they were all from the same participant. Oh, which one? I've got several. The big ones. Oh, well, the big ones are Chestershire, of course. Happy to help. <laughs> and then I also have these fellas over here. Those come from Marvin Blonde. Oh, oh the tiny it. ones? Yes, yes. Was but, having a terrible but, time. But, Doctor, what about these that appear to be size-wise just right? Oh, why, those belong to Legs Loveless. Huh, I thought he started smelling better about two months ago. <laughs> That'll do it. Uh... And he stopped scooting. <laughs> all right, everyone. Enough admiring all of my anal glands. Yeah. It's time to do that on a break. And then Dr. Dewey points at the just glaringly empty spot on his trophy case. <gasps> Up until... Very, most terribly recently. This was where I kept the index finger of the last living Andromedan lava lemur. And now it's gone. Andromedan lava lemurs. Extraordinarily rare. Yeah, it was the last one. His finger was in here. That's pretty rare. Backyard Pile attends to his complicated utility belt that he's now wearing as the new head of security and pulls out a security style quadquarter, points it at where the jar once was, and begins to scan. Joe, what do we find? Um, you're getting a lot of a lot of traces of formaldehyde, a lot of traces of uh, vinegar, a few traces of uh, blood. Blood? Yeah, human blood. Human blood, huh? Yeah. Um, can you make a lasers roll for me? Can I get a bonus because I'm using my quad quarter? Yeah, Taylor. Yeah, all right. Lasers, two successes, my friend. Ooh, Dos. La la. Okay. There's a very faint, almost like a ghost of a signature of a radioactive isotope that would suggest some kind of robot or artificial life was recently here, but it's not local to the Vanguard. This is some kind of outside robotic source may have been here. All right, let's see. Yeah, we got formaldehyde. We got the vinegar that you're using, white. Uh, let's see. We got a little blood that's normal. And most normal in here, my friend. <laughs> and Dr. Dewey puts his uh, pinky finger in his ear and wiggles around a little bit, and a little blood squirts out. He's like, ah, probably fine. I'm the expert. It gets everywhere. Let me check... Nah, probably nothing, but just to be safe, I'll check some of the more esoteric bands of radium. I'll be damned. I haven't seen this in years. It's not esoteric, is it, Backyard? Well, esoteric, I suppose, is relative, but... <laughs> no. This kind of radiation ain't for normies, Doc. Huh. I've only seen this kind of isotope used in... 
strange and rare power packs for some kind of mobile artificial life, but nothing we would use Vanguard you know, officially. This came from off the Cavalier. You're telling me you've picked up the stink of robot? Stink of robot, yes. And now we must become bloodhounds. But first, well, of course, we should match it. If this is indeed part of the trail, it'll also lead to Grunda's pail. You sleep in a big pail, right? The tentacles all detach and you in a big pile. That's what I tell people. <laughs> Time to find out the truth. Grunda, quick to your quarters. We fade full of intrigue to Grunda's quarters. Jesus Christ, Grunda, you live like this? Grumda's quarters are completely bare, except for an upside-down baseball hat the size of an elephant. On the very corner of the room is a kitty litter, with a cat pawing away. Grumda, I have to ask, how are you, how the anal glands on that cat? Honestly? He be pooping way too much. That's good, that will express the glands. Okay, cool. I recently redecorated. I like to find different types of vessels to spend my, uh, goodbye, goodbye time in. Um, I'm sorry, you've got to unpack that. My goodbye time, when I say goodbye to the waking world and everyone in it. So sleep? It's not exactly like that. Backyard Pile walks up. While they've been talking, he's been scanning. What do I find, Joe? Um, you find a lot of the chemical makeup of Grunda. A lot of it. It's everywhere. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, when he slithers around, yeah. when he sort of the, like bombs around. From the quad quarter sprays UV light, and the entire yeah. chamber yeah. looks like it's a sort of day glow uh, Jackson Pollock painting. There's also a lot of cat hair. And, oh, that's interesting. You're picking up a trace of that same radioactive signature, and it follows directly from the giant upside-down baseball cap to Grumda's door. That's a cooperation if I've ever seen one. All right, now that we've got two samples, we can feed it into the sensor. Standby, boys. We'll have this wrapped up before goodbye time. Computer, I'm uploading to you right now an isotopic signature that might be affiliated with an invader to the ship. Scan the entire ship for any similar signatures. And then print. Jesus! <laughs> Go to 10. Look at the sci-fi mumbo-jumbo. Speak English, and then translate that English into common, which we all speak on the ship. <laughs> Backyard Pile pulls out a piece of paper and a pen, and he draws ah! a dot on the... No, it's all right. It's okay. Okay, okay. He draws a dot on one side of the paper and a dot on the other end of the paper, and then he puts the dots together. One of these dots is the sample from the ear, nose, and throat lab. The other is the sample from your disgusting quarters. And then Backyard Pile stabs through the paper with the pen, connecting both dots. The computer can help us realize if the isotope is present anywhere else on the ship or perhaps how it got aboard. Capiche? Hey, capiche, capoose, kapow, wow, wow, it's Grumda. Dr. Dewey smacks at his detachable ear. It's trans the the translator from common to Italian. I can't understand. Don't doubt. <laughs> Results complete. Oh, thank God it's back online. Radioactive isotope detected in Pleasure Dome. Personnel quarters designate Grumda. 
Fitness deck, squash courts, shuttle bay, bathroom deck, med bay, ear, nose, and throat office. Now I've got something interesting for you boys. You might think that the computer just said one location that Dr. Dewey has been in recently. Me. But I heard three. I have been to the ear, nose, and throat clinic, of course, in the med bay. That is, um, <laughs> it's practically my home. I live there. Checks out. I've also recently been to the squash course. Check. It was just last night. I, uh, I met a visiting trader while playing squash. Um, oh, uh, what was his name? What was his name? Um, uh, it was a, um, it's a, a type of, um, Camping lantern. Oh, it was a Coleman Lecter. I met a Coleman Lecter there. That Coleman Lecter. Yes, and of course I was also in the bathroom, number three, location number three. Oh, I thought you'd say you were doing a number three, <laughs> which is fine. I'm not judging. I was doing a number three. Yes. Wait, Doctor Dewey. I met Coleman Lecter last night as well. I was talking to him at the bar area of the Pleasure Dome. Okay, let's go kill him. That's enough evidence for me. Okay, let's do it. Wait, hold on. We can't. Uh, Perhaps in an earlier day I could engage with you and take him to a fatal end. But now as head of security, I can't believe I'm saying this, but we got to play it by the book. Of course. And and Backyard Pile pulls up a book that says, How to Kill Guests. (laughs) Dr. Dewey shakes his head. And he says, in that case, it's time to go back to the old me. And he opens up his jacket and he pulls out of the inner pocket his medical degree. And at the very bottom of the holographic medical degree, thank you for asking, there's a little button that asks yes or no, do no harm. And he switches it back to harm. Dr. Dewey. Grimda. I was just saying your name in admiration, not to start a conversation. Though if the conversation be happening, let's talk about our favorite movies! And I'm Backyard Pile. Computer, what is the current location of guest trader Coleman Lecter? Lifeform designate Coleman Lecter departed CSS Cavalier at 0300 hours this morning from Shuttle Bay 2. Computer, how did Coleman Lecter arrive on the Cavalier? Coleman Lecter arrived on the Cavalier at 1300 hours yesterday. What was the total weight of his arrival conveyance? 4,236 pounds and 7 ounces. And what was the weight of his final exit conveyance, computer? 4,282 pounds, 12 ounces. Backyard Pile takes out his cell phone and opens the calculator app and puts the first number in and then subtracts the second number. Dr. Dewey is bouncing back and forth. Is it more? Is it less? Is it more? Is it less? Grunda, I think we found your tentacle. But what about my missing thing? I was first. I'm missing the index finger of the last living Andromedan lava lemur. Who cares? Let's go. (laughs) We fade to the cockpit of the Cavalier shuttlecraft, Harris. Backyard Pile, Dr. Dewey, and Groomda are seated, following the vapor trail of the mysterious Coleman Lecter's departed shuttle. I hope this doesn't take long. I had to cancel all of my appointments for today, including the ambassador from Venus to 
I also had to cancel my plans. In the laboratory, I was going to light some magnesium aflame and watch that cool thing it does when it gets all bright. I love science. I forget you're a science officer. Well, I'm a security officer, and while revenge is fast, security takes its time. Look at all of us. <laughs> Three fucking normal smoes just doing our job, taking a little break, doing our thing, pursuing things to the very end. A doctor, a scientist, a security officer, yeah, we're all investigating in many different ways. <laughs> and I just feel so at odds with most people in the Cavalier that right now I don't feel like we're, I don't know, of the same ilk. It has been a long time since I've taken a break from my ear, nose, and throat clinic. Ugh, every day I look at the ear, I look at the nose, I look at the throat. Uh, but here, it is beautiful among the stars. Hey, isn't a black hole like the biggest fucking throat there's ever been? Wow! Yeah, think about wow. that. Wow! Yeah, think about that. Grimdark! Think about it, it's crazy. Grimdark, you couldn't have gotten into medical school with that statement. Yes, I would have gotten slunked out for being misappropriating a patient with a utensil. Or miss a fucking around, fucking up or killing someone. I would have got kicked out for killing someone. Yeah, that 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 would get you kicked out. Yeah. Listen, you two. I've been in my share of foxholes and on planets with no gravity, fox tents. I've been in enough of those to know you make brothers fast in conflict. Not the first time I've said it, but maybe the time I mean it the most. I'll fucking die for you, sons of bitches. I'll die for you, son of a bitch. That's so nice, and I will make you have both have the most wonderful graves. Thank you. I'll take care of everything. I'll get the good markers or whatever it is that your particular cultures go for. And he looks at backyard. Sky burial. Of course. I'll become one with an ice giant. Yeah, whoever's around. Yeah. And uh, groom, I'll bury you. What the hug? <laughs> There's a little alert on my panel. Everybody look out! God damn it, they fucking alert the goddamn panel. You can see that the vapor trail you're following terminates at a point that you're that you're getting close to. It seems to be terminating at an asteroid. Silent sirens begin to inverted blare. <laughs> UV light spins in the space, like we're in the third act of a James Cameron movie. Looks like we've got a termination point, fellas. Hold on to your need for revenge. We're going in. An asteroid about 14 space clicks ahead. We'll be there in a jiff. Backyard, you can tell from your scans that this asteroid is unique. It seems like its mass is about 50% artificial matter. My god. Looks like some sort of unmapped space station or other habitat. You ever seen anything like this? No, I'm an ear, nose, and throat doctor. Not many of these things go in one of those holes. Yeah, I've seen this fit, but not for a while. God, it must have taken incredible resources to build this without state or corporate help. Maybe a public-private partnership. State or federal funding. <laughs> <laughs> Perhaps they worked out a deal where private developers could handle the development, obviously, and the government would take care of uh, some of the paperwork at the beginning. Maybe a tax write-off to encourage development, and that I'm just off the top of my doming it here. 
Well, how do you know it was a community effort? Couldn't it have just been one lone madman building through their own funding? Although I think that the community will is filtered through the government process, and that's what justifies eminent domain. I begin to think this guy built this thing without justification. I shudder to think. <laughs> the asteroid comes into visual range, and you see what is reading as inorganic. Built into this otherwise unremarkable space rock is a large, silver, geodesic sphere. <gasps> Look. Wow. What is that, geodesic? It looks like it. Wait. Yeah. My scientific readings are off the charts. Geometrically, it's derived from a class 2 geodesic polyhedron with a frequency of division equal to 8. Each face of the polyhedron is divided into three isosceles triangles to form each point. In theory, there are 11,520 total isosceles triangles forming 3,840 points. In reality, some of those triangles are partially or fully non-existent due to supports and doors. There are actually 11,324 silver facets with 954 partial or full flat triangular panels. Thank God this is the voice I chose for this fucking text. We look over and we see uh, Backyard Pile and Dr. Dewey take out their earbuds. What? Here we go again. Geometrically, it is derived. <laughs> Everyone make a feelings roll. Laser feelings. The, the worst fail possible for Dr. Dewey. Backyard fails. When the two humans on this shuttlecraft see this for the first time, it rings no bells. But Grumda, for you, this is familiar. You remember back to your days learning about the planet Earth and its history and its culture. And you remember this specific object. It's not any old large silver geodesic sphere. No, you recognize this as Spaceship Earth, once the defining landmark of Earth's Epcot. <laughs> Spaceship Earth? From old planet Earth lore? It's a big fucking fantasy extravaganza for fun, pleasure, and family. This can't be. It disappeared without a trace many years ago unless this is where it disappeared too. I heard that it was canceled for tax reasons. You can be canceled for tax stuff? Uh, it makes a lot of sense sometimes. <laughs> but there she is. I gotta be honest, everyone. Look, I, I've never been to Earth myself. I've always enjoyed reading about its adventures and, and relationships. I'd love to check out this planet Earth Epcot myself. Me too. Dr. Dewey, is your whole sense picking up any possible entrances? Let me tap into the holosphere. And Dr. Dewey, uh... Jesus. <laughs> For new listeners, because he is an ear, nose, and throat doctor, we've established that he is good at and loves all kinds of holes. Yes. We'll just have to find out. And Dr. Dewey uh, puts his fingers to his temples and taps into his whole sense. As an ear, nose, and throat doctor, he is finely attuned to all the ways that the different holes don't just connect through the skull of a human being, but the skulls of aliens, and not just skulls, everything. Dr. Dewey is attuned to holes. And he beams his focus outward. Holes, 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 holes. 
I've heard of holistic medicine, Grunda, but this? What the fuck is holistic medicine? Grumdy <laughs> gets into crystals. <laughs> it's actually the less you take that makes it more powerful. Dewey, make a feelings roll, but because this is your specialty, I'm going to let you roll twice. Thank you, because Dr. Dewey has a terrible feelings score. He's a doctor, and I got it perfect. <gasps> what? Do you want to ask me a question? You hold it here first. Uh, <laughs> Joe, do we have to look out for any traps going into this thing? Okay, okay. There, up ahead. I can see it. There's our entryway, but I also sense there are many dangers ahead. We'll have to keep our heads about us. Dr. Dewey points out what is a thinly camouflaged, but yes, that's it. A shuttle bay. Put her down there. Gear up. Wait, I I thought you were driving. (laughs) <laughs> no, I, I mean, get, get ready. We don't know what we're headed into. And then we have a 15-minute montage of just different Velcro straps, like, going on our bodies. Hi, listeners. It's me, Joe Lapore, GM and producer of Oh These, Those Stars of Space. But what I am the most today is Sorry. I have so much to apologize for, but where to begin? Well, from the day we launched these those, alongside it, we have also launched a Patreon page. That's right, a special web page at www.patreon.com slash ohthesethosestarsofspace, link in the episode notes, where for the low, low price of $5 a month, you get access to a bonus full episode of Oh These Those Stars of Space each and every month. A whole separate adventure from what you'll hear on the main feed, featuring all of your favorite characters, Legs, Katya, even Rumda. I know, I know, it is too good a deal. Perhaps the best deal in podcasting. And for that, I'm so sorry. Important people in my life came to me and said, Joe, what you're doing is too crazy. There's also, oh, these, those chats of show where you answer subscriber questions, cool art and other in-universe bonuses. Joe, you'll overwhelm them. It's too much. But I didn't, I didn't listen until it was too late. And now it's there right now. You could subscribe today and immediately have access to 15 new these thoses plus so much more. And I wish I could say I'm going to stop, but I can't. I know that I can't. I'm going to keep making new hilarious, amazing episodes only available on Patreon with the whole cast and no one, no one can stop me. But I promise you this, I'm going to sit my content-making ass down and listen. And I hope you do too. You land, disembark from the Harris and enter the Sphere. It cuts to us outside the Harris, and we're walking, and all you hear is shh, 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 from all the Velcro tactical gear we've got on. All right, stay frosty, boys. No problem. I'm loaded up with 75 grenades. <laughs> you flash your fast passes and enter the sphere, and see that it has been heavily modified. You can see the old track of the ride is still intact, but the rest of the space has been completely gutted and turned into a museum of sorts. An intact Liebot 
The species of robot that can transform into a plane stands lifeless in a glass case. There's a living Galactoraptor asleep in a cage. Two taxidermied humans eat cheeseburgers. I thought these were extinct. Over there on a pedestal, the city of Seattle, shrunk and preserved in a bottle. Is that where that went? <laughs> I heard it got canceled for tax reasons. I remember it got shrunk. I didn't know someone took it into outer space. <laughs> Everybody knows it got shrunk. That happened years before it disappeared. <laughs> Placed upon a tree is an Andromedan lava lemur, <gasps> missing an index finger. Well, that's not, that's exactly the opposite of what I was looking for. God, cock it. Are we going to find a whole Grunda in here? What is this place? And is that in the center of the room? It can't be. The Spacebird Tectopia Throne of Wings? <gasps> and draped across the throne, the skin of Coleman Lecter. Okay, now this is officially weird. I was about to say that. This is officially weird. Uh, they take off their skin now? <laughs> yeah, they take off their skin now. So that's happening and gonna happen again, I guess. Coleman, Mr. Lexa, where are you? Uh, oh, we mean no harm. We just want to get our things back. Yeah, get out here, Lecter. That even is your... Real skin. You hear the sound of some kind of hovercraft above you. Look out! You look up and see uh, a silver disc floating down towards you. Disc! (laughs) Atop it, you see a man, only four feet tall, in gleaming purple armor. It is outlined in lines of glowing neon pink. Atop his head is an enormous helmet with three large spikes, positioned like horns and antlers. Wow, I'm getting Jack Kirby vibes for sure. Jesus Christ. Cut it if you want. Cut it if you want. Cut it if you want. I'm I'm definitely getting New Gods vibes. Yeah. Yeah. Cut it if you want. Cut it if you want. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I love it. I love that. I love that. Hello. Coleman, is that you? In a sense, Groomda. Though I must confess, Coleman Lecter was merely a disguise. I mean, yeah, that seems... I guess that was a... A skin I wore. Why? A facade. Why, I think that was the subject of a question being, is that true? So you're saying yes. Simply an alias. Oh, I'm sorry. Yes, sorry. Who are you really? You may call me Collectus. Collectus Omega. Okay, and um, Collectus Omega, was that your given name, or was it one that you uh, picked up after uh, any gestures around to the collection? It is a name that I gave myself. All right, so yeah. Sure. I was given no name because I have no mother. I have no father. You must understand, I am not from your universe. Look out! I was born somewhere else. A dead universe, a void. There was nothing, nothing at all. Only me, and it was boring. And I hated it and resented it. There wasn't even light. I stewed about it for one billion years. And when nothing happened, I got fed up 
and ripped that whole universe in half and entered this one. Wow. And it was full, full of so much, so much energy, so much mass, so much life. I had to see it all, experience it all, and preserve it all. And so I have here in my fortress. Well, gosh, I've got a lot of questions. So fascinating. I'm so thrilled to meet you. Honestly, just getting to meet you is worth the finger you stole from me alone. I don't mind anymore. This is worth it to me. This is exciting. I live a boring life too, you know. You know, I'm just a doctor for only ear, nose, and throats. I have a terrific passion for it, of course. But I'm out in outer space and I want to see other interesting things. We and I were alike. Yes, I see that we share much in common. Thomas, do we? Oh, no, you know my first name. Oh, God, that's terrifying. Yes, you shared it with me at the squash court last night. Oh, that's true. Wait, Dr. Dewey, your first name is Thomas? (laughs) I can't wait till everyone finds out. No, of course. Everyone knows I was named after my great, 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 etc. grandfather who famously lost uh, an election to uh, President Truman. And they printed up all these newspapers that say my grandfather won and he didn't. Um. Yes, just like this. And <laughs> collect his points to a glass case where a newspaper rests with the headline, Dewey defeats Truman. Oh, there it is. I just think it's funny that your name is Tom Ass. Why not Tom Mouth or Tom Ear? That's what I was going for. Okay, well, next time we talk to a Splorkian, they're going to ask you why your name is Gru-mda. <laughs> I get it. I get that. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I can Yeah. 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 Whip pan two. Backyard pile. Taking aim through the sonic scope at Collectus Omega. But what he sees is not Collectus Omega, but <gasps> Groomda jumping between the cosmic entity and backyard pile. Don't. Don't. Don't you see? This man is much like us. Interested in all these strange things. The things that don't fit in the regular world. In fact, collective. I like to make an exchange. Give Dr. Dewey back his finger. You can have all of me. Grunda, all of you? Well, I don't want to go totally into my backstory. Sometimes I don't even know what it is, but I'm kind of like one of these things. Where? Never created again. Of its own self. Sui Getaway, I suppose, if you read some of those old, uh, those uh, Planet Earth books. Sometimes I feel like I'm unwanted on the Cavalier, like I'm caught into much mayhem, but here, here I'd be amongst things like me, deserving to be observed and played with because of how special we really are. Backyard. It's also a backyard pile, it just has another rifle. And on his other eye is the scope of the other rifle. Two rifles now trained on the pair. Grunda, look out. When I took the role of head of security of the Cavalier after my predecessor's untimely death freezing, I also became security for this universe. And buddy, You just stepped into the wrong universe. I'm going to shoot you. I can't allow that. From behind his back, 
with lightning reflexes, Collectus pulls out a Manlicker Carcano Model 38 rifle with telescopic sight. Multiple shots at a moving target from that range? A single shooter? I don't think so. We don't, we don't need to do this. We don't need to fight each other. Both of these entities should be allowed to exist. A man who believes in security and a man who just wants to collect cool things. There's value in that. There's value in people who care about things like me. Grunda, I made a pledge to you in the CSS Harris Shellcraft. I'm not letting you go today, buddy. You belong on the Cavalier. Every single inch of you. We're going home with Grunda, my whole doctor, and Grunda's tentacle. There was another thing I forget, but those are the most important things. Oh, I wanted a finger back, but this experience has made it better. It's fine, made up for it. But backyard. I can provide nothing if not security. Here, amongst my menagerie, Grunda will want for nothing, need nothing be in danger from nothing. He will have perfect peace, serenity, and will be appreciated for what he is. Peace isn't always living, Buster. That's how it is in this universe. I don't know how it is where you came from. <laughs> Backyard thinks his earbuds out. I wasn't listening earlier, but in this universe, it's the drama of actually living that makes it worthwhile. Well, in that case, it's a good thing I'm not a lone gunman. You hear the cocking of a pistol, and you feel a tiny pinprick of cold steel against the back of your neck. You turn around. You meet the cold, lifeless eyes of the taxidermied John Wilkes Booth, a famous actor from 19th century Earth, holding a 44 caliber Derringer pistol. Oh, I hate celebrity worship, but it looks like you've got the drop on me. I hope no one else drops anything, Dr. Dewey, or else we'll have to put a pin in this conversation, Collector. Yeah, that's true. That would be bad. And, and Dr. Dewey's just like looking around, like admiring all the stuff. And then he goes, oh, wait. Uh, and then he, he, he looks at his vest full of uh, a multitude, dozens of grenades. And he says, ow, um, I know I tripped. He flings the entire vest full of grenades outward and uh, over top of a giant replica of a guy who killed John Lennon. Courtney Love. <laughs> what have you done? And Collectus leaps for the grenades. Grunda, now's your chance. Make your choice, brother. Us or him. I, I. Grunda closes his tentacled eyes and concentrates, trying to feel the stray tentacle in his room. You feel it, it's attached to Collectus's belt. He hasn't had time to build a diorama for it. Meanwhile, Collectus is busy. He's opened a door in his chest, revealing just a coursing torrent of orange energy, pockmarked by black circles, and he's throwing the grenades in as fast as he can. Grunda turns to Backyard Pile, to Dr. Dewey, to Collectus, and then, on Collectus's belt, he sees his tentacle. It's wrapped around his waist. Grunda's eyes go black. You're hearing what's happening in his mind. It's just a dark state. Bing! Grunda, from the void, from this void as you try to reach out, suddenly you feel something familiar, something close by. It's an energy, a source that you find comforting, that you find part of yourself, and it says, 
Hello? Tentacle? Glinda, is that you? Yes, it's me. Now, the manual- Where you been? What'd you say? I've been so alone. Oh, so scared. Oh, I'm so sorry. I came here to join you. I could be with you and Galactus forever. Really? We'd be together again? Yeah, you can be part of Groomda, the real Groomda, even though you're kind of Groomda too. That's great. And then we could do the thing with the magnesium? Oh, fuck, I didn't get to do that this morning. I need you to do something I don't often ask my individual tentacle to do. Uh-huh. You're wrapped around him? Time to go in the ice form, buddy. Oh, you know how much it hurts when I go in the ice form. Especially on your own, but it's time. Tim, what do you want to happen here? I want to freeze him. I want to freeze Collectus uh, oh. around, the, around the waist. Groom to make a lasers roll. No, you're reaching out with feelings. Make a feelings roll. It doesn't fucking matter, bitch. I got laser feelings, motherfucker. Oh, man. Success no matter what. Yeah, man. Give me laser. Give me feelings. I don't give a fuck. I got a two, motherfucker. <laughs> do you want to ask me a question? Yeah. Uh, um, is there something else this guy wants beyond our lives, you know, that we could help out with? Mm, okay. We cut back. Collectus has just thrown the last of the grenades into his cavity. He shuts the door. Oh, that was close. And then he feels something strange. The tentacle. Why, it's entered ice form. The ice is beginning to grow around his side. No, what? What are you? What is happening? Dr. Dewey. Uh, uh, what? Look out! Oh, sorry. I was looking for that finger. Backyard Pile sees the ice form happening and tackles Dr. Dewey out of the way. Hey, I'm never going to find that figure like this. You cannot restrain Collectus. How is this groomed I'm sorry. I believe in you and I believe in your mission, but I guess I've got a goddamn job. <laughs> Tell me about it. You must have a job too, right? I'm self-employed. So you don't have to collect all the time. Well, this is... My job, but it's self-appointed. Motherfucker, this ain't a job. This is a hobby. <laughs> you can't make your fucking career collecting stuff. You gotta make things. Oh, pal, I thought this was your job. This is a hobby. Oh, buddy. I'm a curator. No, man, that's a side gig. <laughs> you, only get, you only get curation by being paid by a different institution. You said you're self-employed. Pow! Groomda slithers up to this frozen form. You grew up in a universe and you didn't even think about making stuff? Hey. Make, making, making stuff? The ice is reaching up his chest. It's approaching his neck. What do you mean making stuff? Groomda grabs his errant tentacle from the belt of Collectus and lifts it up. Try this. Double it. What? I, what, how? How? Just... And that even as he says that, you see the light in his eyes. Something's, something clicks. And before you are even conscious of it, Groomda, you're suddenly holding two tentacles. Groomda looks at the tentacles, turns to the one that was his own, and says, I'm sorry, but you can be a new Groomda now. And he brings them together and hands it to Collectus. I can't. I, my hands are frozen. I can't really. I can't. Ice form, deactivate, opposite style. The ice melts. Grunda, no, he's dangerous. No, I think I understand him. Start with a little Grunda right here and see what you can make after that. 
Soon you'll see you don't need to collect anything anymore. You can create something new. Do you think, Kurumda, I could make a third tentacle? You'll never know until you try. Thank you. Kurumda, you have given me so much more. More than I could ever hope. It's like you taught me to fish in that one story. I hate that fucking story. Well, that's what happened here. I hate that story. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. I hate that story. Grunda, meet him halfway, <laughs> Christ. Fine, the story's fine, but it doesn't influence, I feel like I don't, I don't, yeah, it's whatever. Collective. Then, then fish, brother. Fish. I will. Thank you. Goodbye, tentacle. I'm sure this will never come to bite me in the butt. I'll miss you, brother. I wish we could still be together. I'm sorry, it has to be this way. Remember me fondly, not badly. I don't know that I can promise that, but I'll try my best. And uh, and Gloomdas always try their best and it always comes out they okay. <laughs> Perhaps this is time I try something new. And Collectus holds up the tentacles and his suit of armor, the, the lines of pink grow even brighter than they did before. Brighter and brighter. His whole body begins to glow and take on sort of an ethereal shape and he looks at all of you as he rises off the floor and says, Goodbye forever. I will entrust my collection to you. Take care of what you value. And with a flash, Collectus disappears. Even as he's gone though, Look out! You hear a little voice in your head saying, Maybe I'll give this universe thing a new try. We fade back to the office of the ear, nose, and throat doctor in the med bay of the CSS Cavalier. Dr. Dewey opens up his trophy case again. <sighs> Look out! <laughs> and he smiles and shakes his head the spot where he used to keep the index finger of the last living Andromedan lava lemur. Well, I think it might have a nice new home elsewhere, but in the meantime, got something pretty good to put in its place. And inside a six-foot-tall pickle jar, Dr. Dewey places his newest acquisition right from the collection he just visited. It's King Arthur's Excalibur. And then he winks at it, and he shuts the case. Wow. You really did it, Groomda. Ah! Ah! Oh, no, I didn't sorry. know you were all here! I thought we would all put the stuff back together together, because we did the whole trip together. My collection. You do whatever you want with yours. Uh, doctor, I was just going to say to Groomda that I was so obsessed with keeping people out. But maybe... It was really just about letting somebody in. After all, isn't life one big foxhole or fox tent, depending on your gravity? Perhaps we're all brothers. I don't know. But it's interesting to think about. Say, where should we put Seattle? I've got some ideas. I'm listening. Hmm. What adventure lies next amongst, oh, these, those stars of space? Oh, These Those Stars of Space stars Ali Fisher, Branson Reese, Carly Minardo, Christopher Hastings, Taylor Moore, Tim Platt, and Joe Lepore as everything and everyone else. 
Oh, These Those Stars of Space is edited by Sam Grant, designed by Joe Lepore, and produced by Joe Lepore and Taylor Moore at Fortunate Horse. With the support of our patrons and our rear admiral, Lucas Wagner, our theme and additional music is composed by Huge Today. See you next time, Cosmic Voyagers, for another story from Oh, These Those Stars of Space. Frazier has left the building.